Chapters twenty seven and twenty eight of the Barnabys in America by Francis Milton Trollope. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter twenty seven. A magnificent dinner party. The health of Mrs. Allen Barnaby is drank. Various albums are produced in which the heroine inscribes sentiments and autographs. The next day brought together the first rate, high standing, sharp, elegant clever and tip-top fashionable society that was to constitute the dinner-party invited by colonel and mrs beauchamp to meet their illustrious european guest this act of assembling together seemed a very solemn business nobody as the circle increased appeared to think it decorous or proper to smile the gentlemen compressed their lips spat and bowed their heads the ladies made small curtsies looked grave and carefully arranged their robes taking particular care that their drapery should float gracefully on one side only of their persons according to the hint communicated by a sitting figure in full dress conveyed to the country in the last number of the magasin des modes at length however the whole party being assembled and as much iced water and whisky made away with as the season required mrs colonel beauchamp thought it advisable before the dinner was announced to introduce mrs major allen barnaby in form to them all the scene produced by this was very striking for there was not a single person present who did not know the obligation she was about to lay them under and their gratitude bore a very amiable proportion to the benefit which they considered her likely to confer upon them there are few women who would have gone through this scene with such a perfection of unblenched majesty as did mrs allen barnaby had the nature of her forthcoming work as proclaimed and explained to all been merely that of a complimentary effusion extolling the excellences of the country political moral intellectual physical and fashionable and declaring it to be in all these particulars and every other she could think of greatly ahead of all the other countries in the world the sensation produced would have been much less vehement they might have been pleased probably they would have been very much pleased but the profound consciousness resting in the inmost recesses of every bosom that all this was not a bit more than their due and that however good her intentions might be she must be a darnation smart lady indeed if she could write up to the pitch they deserved this consciousness though it might increase their satisfaction in the contemplation of what she was about to do would naturally lessen their gratitude for they would have felt not only that it was no more than their just right but moreover that it could not by possibility be sufficient to atone for all the european injustice which had preceded it but the circumstances of the present case were altogether different the especial point she had especially undertaken to advocate was one on which they felt their weakness while it was that which ten thousand times beyond all others they hung upon with a desperate fondness made up of pride prejudice the most ardent love of wealth and the most craven terror of losing it a present deity they shout around a present deity the plastered walls resound would be nothing beyond a very fair quotation to exemplify what actually passed on this occasion and nothing short of the majestic strength of mind with which my heroine was endowed could have enabled her to sustain any appearance of composure under the enthusiastic plaudits which showered upon her head how long this might have lasted had dinner not been announced it is impossible to say but the flattering clamour was still at its height when the folding doors of the saloon were thrown open and a crowd of gaily dressed negroes outside it gave notice by their universal grin that the pleasant business of dining might begin when the company pleased this put an instant stop for the time at least to the performance of the chorus of adulation which the party had been performing and the ceremony of marshalling the guests into the dinner-parlour was performed with as little delay as possible 
though for the most part the brilliant company assembled on this occasion were rather better pleased than usual with themselves and each other and very fully inclined to do every kind of justice to the splendid hospitality of their entertainers there were one or two individuals out of the twenty that sat down to table who would considerably have preferred being elsewhere old mrs whitlaw was one of these notwithstanding some trifling deficiencies in this old lady's early education she had profited with great natural acuteness by all the various scenes through which her singular destiny had led her and was more capable perhaps of forming a clear-headed judgment upon the state of affairs in her own particular sphere than most of her neighbours though her views were not sufficiently enlarged for her never to have contemplated very distinctly the absolute abolition of slavery as a national measure she had long felt persuaded that the way in which the nigger work as she called it was carried on would not answer in the long run once or twice on her first taking possession of the mansion she now inhabited which was her favourite among several which she inherited once or twice she had hinted to some of her rich neighbours that she thought it would be better for a good many reasons if they would relax a little the severity of their discipline but this was in every case received with such vehemence of indignation that the same straightforward common sense which had suggested her observations very speedily determined her to keep them for the future to herself and for several years past her pretty strong opinions on the subject had only manifested themselves in the management of her own people and in occasional confidential tete-a-tete with her young friend annie her own avoidance of all discussion on the subject with her neighbours had been followed by the same sort of discretion on their parts and it was now several years since the old lady had heard the subject alluded to in general conversation at all great wealth for which there is no certain heir generally produces great consideration to the possessor and mrs whitlaw had profited by this more than she was herself aware of she would otherwise perhaps have been less shocked and surprised by the vehemence with which for the purpose of enlightening mrs allen barnaby the increase of severity and discipline was insisted upon by some of the party present as the only mode of averting the mischief which some speculators had threatened from the rapid increase of the negro population the old lady got fidgety and was debating in her own mind whether she should not say that she thought the dinner had made the room rather over-hot and that she did not feel over well when the project of escape was put out of her head by a glance and a smile which she saw hastily and furtively exchanged between two of the sable attendants it is so universally the custom wherever slaves make part of an establishment to treat them as if they were literally stocks and stones incapable of hearing or of seeing anything said or done before them that in this case as in many others the subject of their own condition was as freely discussed while they were serving at table as if no such animals had been in the room old mrs whitlaw was too much used to this mode of proceeding for the uncomfortable feelings she experienced to have been produced or even increased by their presence and it was purely by accident that her eyes had been directed towards the men between whom the above-mentioned look and smile had been exchanged but the moment she saw it a strong feeling of suspicion arose in her mind that one of these movements of resistance which occasionally startle slave-holders and which act with the frightful but useless energy of a limb convulsed by intolerable pain was approaching among the slaves of colonel beauchamp and the old lady would have given pretty considerably many dollars could she at that very moment have transported herself in the midst of her own slaves for the purpose of having a little confidential conversation with them but as this was impossible she resolved to sit still and quietly look on another individual to whom the splendid banquet and the popular theme discussed around it produced a degree of suffering that it requires some philosophy to endure was annie no opportunity during the whole of that long morning had occurred for anything to pass between frederick egerton and herself which could persuade her that the conclusion to which she had come the evening before respecting him was erroneous 
it was not that she doubted his admiration of her that would certainly have been difficult inasmuch as every glance of his eyes betrayed it for the fascination of her beauty rendered the not looking at her a task which however often resolved upon he found it impossible to perform annie was not wholly unconscious of this but a profound conviction that his having seen her surrounded by slaves and an agent however innocently in the degradation of the race whom she well knew he considered in all respects as the equal children of the same almighty father had taken possession of her mind she considered herself as one stigmatized in his eyes by a blot that could never be removed and all her energy of mind was now turned to the task of avoiding him as much as possible at present and forgetting him wholly when he was no longer near but it was impossible even for the furtherance of this very desirable object for annie to leave the room while the dinner lasted she too therefore submitted to endure its heat and its noise giving no other indication that she was ill at ease than the somewhat more than common paleness of her cheek betrayed so the party went on with every appearance of universal satisfaction mrs allen barnaby's health was drunk and prosperity to planters and plantations toasted with three times three and then the ladies retired they having remained thus long solely in compliment to the heroine of the fete a compliment which was acknowledged by mrs allen barnaby's drawing forth from her bag her little note-book and very evidently employing herself by inscribing therein some of the wise and very sublime maxims which had been uttered by the gentlemen present on re-entering the drawing-room the most consequential ladies of the party immediately crowded around her beseeching that she would favour them with her autograph or if it were possible with a few words written in their albums this was the first time that such a request had ever been made to our heroine except in her dreams and the graceful manner in which she bowed and smiled her acquiescence was really admirable this very gracious and ready compliance with her wishes was no sooner made known than nearly every lady present flew to the secret corner in which on entering she had deposited her receptacle for wit which in fact every lady who arrived that day had done with the exception of mrs whitlaw who had as she candidly confessed no taste whatever for learning and having drawn it thence speedily surrounded the illustrious authoress with a perfect galaxy of brilliant volumes red green blue and yellow each in succession eagerly spread open before her to receive the valued ornament of her name on the first page offered to her mrs allen barnaby modestly inscribed that name and nothing more but perceiving a look of disappointed hope in the countenance of the fair lady who had presented it she not manfully but womanly called upon her genius to help her and resolutely determined notwithstanding the multitude of the rainbow volumes around her that every one of them should bear witness of her extraordinary talents with a charming smile she drew again towards her the book in which she had written her name and wrote above it immortal country hail finding by the universal my which broke in various notes of admiration from the fair petitioners that this was exactly the sort of thing they wanted she continued in the same strain till her task was accomplished she found no difficulty whatever in producing the slight degree of variety which she deemed necessary and one lady carried away with her the novel phrase success to the stripes and the stars another the extinguisher of the old world and the candle of the new the union this concetto brought down another shower of the same eloquent monosyllables and oh my resounded through the room it is not necessary to indict every tour de force by which mrs allen barnaby proved her powers of extemporary composition for though all admirable they were it must be confessed exceedingly alike in sentiment if not in expression but in the last she seemed indeed to surpass herself and greater than ever was the delight manifested when the happy owner of the last album presented read aloud these words 
may lawful slavery survive as long as the sun and the moon endureth it may be easily imagined that upon the gentlemen making their appearance they were immediately made to share in the pleasure which these various inscriptions were so well calculated to produce and once again mrs allen barnaby found herself the object of admiration which amounted to enthusiasm as soon as the expression of their feelings had in some degree subsided colonel beauchamp observed that their having met with the most admirable lady in europe was no good cause why his sporting neighbours should not be indulged with their usual game at whist or boston a hint which immediately led to the summoning sundry negroes and setting forth sundry card-tables while these arrangements were making major allen barnaby wandered about the room making conversation of which a jocose sort of sketch respecting his own caprices about playing at cards formed the principal theme he laughed heartily as he declared that it often and often happened to him that he could not make up his mind to think of any single rule of playing and hardly to know one card from another while at another time if the humour seized him he could go on it four-and-twenty hours together and never feel tired a bit well sir was the reply from one grandee to whom these little personal peculiarities were revealed we must hope that the humour may be on you this evening for there are two or three here that never find themselves in company without choosing to have a go against the four aces two tables were speedily made up at one of which two ladies took their places and the stakes were fixed at a moderate sum at the other four gentlemen were to play and at this table the fixing the stakes was left to themselves which party will you join mr allen barnaby demanded colonel beauchamp adding very politely in course sir as a stranger we should one and all be happy i expect to leave the fix to your own choice putting out of sight our complaisance to your excellent lady out of the four other gentlemen about to sit down two appeared rather anxious that the whimsical major to whose account of himself they had been listening should take his place with the ladies and one of them said bluntly it would hardly be fair major allen barnaby sir to let you with the careless ways you talk about sit down at this table because i for one always play a pretty considerable brisk stake that's the only way to keep me awake sir replied the major laughing men in our profession as i dare say you know have generally a few thousands of loose cash floating on purpose to give them a little excitement now and then when they get a trifle sleepy in their quarters i have run up and down for my part from about ten thousand to nothing and back again above a score of times since i began and i find it has come so even in the long run that i care very little how high i play but i never he added in a low voice i never play with ladies it puts me out altogether this decided the matter and major allen barnaby colonel beauchamp and two other gentlemen settled themselves round a table in a quiet corner as gentlemen do settle themselves when they are going to amuse themselves in earnest had annie beauchamp remained in the room it is likely enough that the hours of that long evening might have offered opportunities to egerton too favourable to be neglected for the making her comprehend a little better than she did at present what were his wishes his hopes his intentions concerning her but with the blindness of a perverse little mortal she saw nothing of what was passing in his head or his heart and she thought of nothing but the silence that had come over him on the preceding evening when as she confessed to herself with shame that amounted to agony she was waiting for every word which might fall from his lips as if her fate hung upon it the recollection of these past feelings together with the blank disappointment which had succeeded them was more than she could bear any longer en plein salon and begging her mother to apologize to the ladies for her absence by telling them she had so bad a headache as to oblige her to go to bed she stole away taking with her as it seemed to frederick egerton all that portion of light which could make it worth while for him to keep his eyes open 
and for a few moments afterward he had watched her retreat and listened to her mother's explanation of it he meditated the commission of a similar act of self-indulgence but he luckily recollected that his doing so would neither be particularly polite nor particularly discreet and he therefore abandoned the project the more readily perhaps because he happened to observe don tornorino move quietly away from the place he occupied beside his lady and station himself at no great distance from his respected father-in-law about whom he revolved with the same graceful air of nonchalance which had once before attracted his attention chapter twenty eight the major communicates rather an important secret to his lady she proves herself to be the best of wives and the cleverest of women the barnabys and family leave big gang bank the miss perkinses remain behind my dear said major allen barnaby on waking the morning after colonel beauchamp's dinner-party i am afraid i won mother too much last night won too much what can you mean good man replied his wife rousing herself from sleep that had produced many delightful dreams does your tender conscience reproach you my donny if so make over your winnings to me and the generosity shall atone for for whatever you reproach yourself with my dear i don't think it would answer he returned in a tone rather too grave for jesting the thirst which gets hold of one in this hateful climate forces a man to drink whether he will or no and i have a sort of confused recollection of having got rather excited last night and going it may be a trifle too fast mercy on me i hope you did no such thing she replied looking a good deal alarmed just think of the horror of having our beautiful smooth sailing here spoiled by such a piece of folly as that think of it i can't bear to think of it said he our only hope is that the others were in the same condition as myself and will recollect nothing very clearly but tell me he added wasn't that stiff young egerton buzzing about me all the time he looks like one that might be as dry as etna before he'd ever think of recruiting himself by a dram wasn't he hanging about the table wife i have a confused sort of notion of having been bothered by it he did nothing the whole evening but watch the players she replied looking considerably alarmed if this is to be the curzon street business over again what is to become of us don't lose your courage my dear said he with a degree of composure that he thought was well calculated to reassure if things don't prosper here we must go ahead as the natives say it may be easier to say than do major allen she replied not a little provoked by the indifference with which he appeared ready to sacrifice all the advantages which she had obtained with so much ability you may go ahead as you call it with such a stone thrown after you as may pretty speedily bring you to a standstill very likely my dear especially if you get a fancy to forget the name i ought to go by i must beg you won't take to calling me major allen mrs barnaby or mischief will be sure to come of it but don't let you and i quarrel wife it is too late in the day for either of us to profit by that now i think we had better change our quarters i won't deny that but i dare say that your cleverness will find out some excuse for doing it that will set all right again that is to say if we once fairly get off for i won't stay mind that if you please so don't waste your wit in trying to contrive it good heaven have you really brought matters to such a pass as that major said the unfortunate lady her eyes flashing and her cheeks becoming redder than ever rouge made them what a return for all my enormous exertions for you and such unequalled success too it is enough to drive one mad not enough to drive such a woman as you are mad my charming barnaby said he with a coaxing smile besides my dear 
you have never asked how much this rather bold winning may amount to if we get clear off with it that may make some considerable difference i promise you what difference said she can it make to me sir i should like to know you have taken care to keep your winnings pretty snugly to yourself you will please to remember whereas i have been labouring as you well know to make the great and honourable celebrity i have obtained as advantageous to you as myself and this is the return i get for it to do my heroine justice she was not a weeping lady but at this moment and especially as she pronounced the word honourable which not only set off with great effect the indiscreet proceedings of her spouse but brought fresh upon her memory the delightful feelings with which she had listened to the demands for her autograph at this moment tears certainly started to her eyes and she seemed determined to make the most of them blowing her nose a good deal and even producing at intervals something very like a sob major allen barnaby had left his bed when this conversation began and had been employing himself from the moment he had thrown on his dressing-gown in the necessary operation of shaving but upon observing the condition of his wife and at the same time feeling the force of the words she had spoken he laid aside the instrument which he was employing upon his chin walked across the room to the spot where he had deposited the garments he had worn the night before and extracting his pocket-book from the receptacle in which it was lodged walked back again to the bed and laid it unopened on her pillow there my dear he said as he quietly renewed his shaving there you never had that little book in your hands before to the best of my knowledge and belief and now i recommend you to dry your handsome eyes and look at it it is just the first packet you will come to that you will find the most worthy of observation the mind of my admirable heroine was not formed to dissolve in watery woe at such a moment as this she instantly sat up in bed opened the pocket-book and obeying exactly the instructions she had received came upon a packet of exceedingly dirty papers among which however was one little scrap newly written upon and looking like a bit of first-rate letter-paper the dirty papers were as the lady well knew uncleanly thumbed bank-notes and their whole amount was seven hundred and eighty dollars but the scrap of letter-paper was worth them all put together and a pretty considerable bit of money besides being an order payable at sight upon a bank at washington and signed themistocles joseph john hapford a name already well known to the attentive ears of mrs allen barnaby as that of a senator of first-rate standing a very wealthy planter and lastly as one of the brilliant company who had been invited to meet them on the preceding day the paper thus satisfactorily inscribed might therefore be fairly estimated at the value indicated by the figures it bore which amounted to the pleasant sum of one thousand five hundred and fifty dollars for a moment the countenance of mrs allen barnaby became radiant but in the next it faded again and she exclaimed with a deep sigh yes donny yes this might atone for much but what did you find the paper you got in curzon street worth i don't wonder it should come into your head my dear replied her husband but i am happy to say that we have a considerable better chance this time i am sure my dear that i shall be as sorry as you can be to take you away from all the honour and renown that you are so cleverly making for yourself here and indeed i shan't think of doing it whatever i may be obliged to do myself if upon reflection you prefer remaining behind but the state of the case is this i remember it all perfectly now that i have dipped my head in cold water and set about recollecting a little the state of the case is this my barnaby the bank-notes that you find there were lost between colonel beauchamp and his other playing friend judge wilkins who lives close by but the draft came as you see for mr hapford who drove above fifteen miles to his own house after the table broke up that i well remember for there was a deal of talking about wanting him to stay 
well now it strikes me that the only safe thing for me to do is to declare this morning that either you or i or tornorino patty must know nothing about it but some one of us three must be taken ill with a terrible complaint that we have perhaps been long used to and set off without losing a moment bag and baggage to look for the best medical assistance we may promise to come back again you know and so we can if we like it that is to say if nothing comes of what passed last night besides the quiet cashing of this neat cheque half of that whole sum of two thousand three hundred and fifty dollars i mean to present to you mrs allen barnaby for your own particular use and benefit to make up to you for any inconvenience which this accident may have occasioned these last words were pronounced with a low bow performed at the bottom of the bed where the major stood wiping his razor upon the sleeve of his dressing-gown while his eyes were fixed with a slight expression of anxiety upon the august countenance of his wife he had however no longer anything to fear in that quarter the noble generosity of purpose which he thus announced not only stifled every sentiment of anger but created an emotion of admiration which in her generous heart left room for no other you may at times be thoughtless and indiscreet my dear major she replied in a tone of deep feeling but there is a fund of just and honourable delicacy about you sufficient to redeem a thousand such trifling errors i accept your present as frankly as it is offered and will not deny that it is as just as it is generous for the blunder you have made has certainly stopped me short in a very glorious career not that i mean to abandon my project observe it is much too well imagined and has in fact already been far too successful to be given up however we need not talk about that now i shall be able to manage the bringing it forward again i dare say what we must think of now my dear donny is how to get off with flying colours here and that too i dare say i shall be able to manage your generous conduct will inspire me with spirit to get through it all but it is i who must be sick major i should not like my dear to see you undertake such a troublesome job all you need do is to be in a dreadful agony of terror about me and insist upon having me removed to some of the great cities directly you understand oh yes my dear i understand most perfectly well you may depend upon it and the only improvement i can suggest is that whatever city we decide upon going to before we set out we should hear something as we go along that should make us change our minds and send us to another mrs allen barnaby looked grave indeed was the circumstance that occurred last night so so very much out of the common way said she her husband laughed oh i know my dear he replied i can't say that it was anything very extraordinary but it is always impossible to say you know how a joke of that kind may be taken by strangers some people think a good deal of it while others again treat it quite lightly but we ought to be prepared for the worst if i can but get that bit of paper honoured however i shall care very little what any of the folks in this nasty frizzing frying burnt-up negro driving country may think or feel on the subject we have nothing to do but keep moving my dear and i have a notion that you and i between us may snap our fingers at the whole world all i can say in return major is that we must do our best replied the lady with an encouraging smile and now my dear she continued set off directly catch hold of one of the blackamoors and send in word to madam that you must beg to speak to her without delay she won't keep you waiting you may depend upon it and when you see her just look and speak as a devoted husband ought to do when he thinks himself in danger of losing the best of wives and then send her to me and you shall find everything beautifully arranged for our setting off in the twinkling of an eye 
how many more times shall i have to tell you that you were born for me cried the major suddenly saluting her with all the fervour of young affection though i can never hope to equal you in anything he added you shall see at least that your example is not altogether lost if i do not enact the agonised husband with spirit then never trust me again but upon my soul my barnaby i shall only have to fancy that the thing is real in order to be in cue for acting despair to perfection this tender assurance was received with a very charming smile and then the fond husband tore himself away to perform the part assigned to him this part as it speedily appeared was instantly acted by the alert major and with undoubted success for almost before mrs allen barnaby had time to arrange everything about her in proper order for her own part of the drama her door was opened with a hurried and agitated hand and mrs beauchamp stood before her short as the interval had been however mrs allen barnaby had found time to wash all traces of rouge from her cheeks and the effect of this to one who had never seen her but in the fullest bloom was really startling oh my exclaimed the terrified lady of the mansion to whom the idea of yellow fever had immediately suggested itself oh my you are sick sure enough my dear dear lady i'll send off to euripidesville this very moment for it is there that buys the smartest doctor we have only think of your being catched so all of a minute i'll come again in no time she added turning towards the door but first before everything we must send for the doctor a low groan indicative of the very severest suffering arrested her steps oh dear oh dear i do believe she's dying already exclaimed the terrified mrs beauchamp wringing her hands and then flying to the bell she rang it violently come to me murmured the sufferer oh come to me my dearest friend and let me speak one word to you delighted to find that so much strength was left mrs beauchamp hastened to obey her but before she could reach the side of the bed where she lay half a dozen woolly heads appeared at the door to answer the bell shall i tell the creatures to get you a hot bath my dear said the kind hostess hanging over her no 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 groaned mrs allen barnaby only send them away and let me speak to you for one single moment alone the wish was instantly obeyed the slaves dismissed the door closed and mrs beauchamp hanging over the bed to catch the slightest sound mrs allen barnaby now appeared to make a strong effort to enable herself to speak intelligibly and then said lowly and slowly but with perfect distinctness my friend i'm poisoned mrs beauchamp's only reply was a piercing shriek compose yourself my dearest friend compose yourself i entreat you resumed the invalid but let me be but prompt in what i have to say and what i have to do and i may yet be saved speak then speak my dearest lady returned poor mrs beauchamp with tears running down her cheeks and i will obey you to the very smallest particular on receiving this assurance mrs allen barnaby raised herself by a great effort in her bed in order to make what she was about to say more distinctly audible and then though occasionally interrupted by pangs which caused her to groan terribly she said yes my friend it is but too certain that i am poisoned among the many studies to which i have given attention the effect of poisons is one and this enables me oh 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 to tell you with the most perfect certainty that i am now suffering from the effect of some mineral poison administered about twelve or fourteen hours ago 
that some revengeful slave or slaves have done this i have not in fact there cannot be the slightest doubt i am the victim of my principles nor shall i regret it even if death overtakes me provided i am assured that you my dear mrs beauchamp and those you most value and esteem oh, oh shall do me justice it is impossible to describe the agony of feeling into which these words threw poor mrs beauchamp but mrs allen barnaby suddenly checked all expression of it by saying with all the energy of lingering hope then save me save me by instantly lending me a carriage and horses to convey me to a steamboat that shall take me with the least possible loss of time to new york fortunately i have an antidote which indeed i have already taken that will for many days so far check the action of the poison as to give me hope of life if i can reach that city for somewhere amongst my effects i have the address of a practitioner there who is greatly celebrated even in london for his skill in cases of poison will you do this for me <gasps> mrs beauchamp and without an hour's delay will i exclaimed the good lady running towards the door oh what is there i would not do and she was out of sight in a moment the affectionate major whose anxiety naturally kept him hovering at the threshold entered the room as mrs beauchamp quitted it and carefully closing the door approached the bed and directed an inquiring glance towards his wife i am very bad indeed my dear she said as her black eye twinkled laughingly up to his i am poisoned major please to observe that i am poisoned by the wicked slaves who have found out my principles so of course everything ought to be done that can be done to get me out of their way and within reach of a certain learned man at new york who i happen to know cures poisoned folks to a miracle but my dear returned the major looking very grave do you remember how many days journey it is between this place and new york how is it possible that you should survive till you get there how sweetly anxious you are for me returned his lady tenderly but don't be alarmed major by the greatest good luck in the world i happen to have heard of an antidote which delays the action of poison in a most remarkable manner and this antidote i have already taken my love so don't agitate yourself but just tell me if you don't think this would be an excellent opportunity for us to get rid of those tiresome perkinses patty and i are both of us as sick of them as possible the truth is you see that everything is perfectly different from what we expected i had no idea of our getting on as we have done and as i have no doubt in the world that we shall do again if we can contrive to get off before that senator man comes to look after you but these lanky perkinses are ten times more plague than profit and i'd give anything to be fairly quit of them that's very likely i think but i protest i don't very well see how you are to set about it returned the major dryly leave that to me my dear i'll just have a try for it at any rate and now i think you had better get sight of patty and tell her that i am very ill you may tell her the poison story if you like it only don't frighten her poor thing as to her don oh as to her don interrupted the major laughing you may depend upon it he will be exceedingly intelligent upon the subject pray don't laugh so very loud just fancy any one hearing you whispered his wife major allen barnaby promised to be more discreet and after a little further conversation concerning the necessary packing and the best means of setting the perkinses to do it if they could be left behind without offending them he departed 
it is unnecessary to follow every stage of the process by which the whole business was finally arranged it will be sufficient to state that before noon on the day following the great big gang bank dinner party mrs major allen barnaby was laid amidst an inconceivable number of pillows and cushions at the bottom of a dearborn with her adoring husband sitting beside her to watch every movement and administer every attention as it drove gently along towards the place at which they hoped to meet a steamboat while patty and her don followed in another carriage having another still behind them conveying their baggage a very few words had settled the perkins question most satisfactorily to all parties mrs beauchamp rejoiced with no common joy at the idea of still retaining near her fraction of the enlightened english party whose introduction to her friends had been attended with so much eclat and the miss perkinses were by no means sorry for the transfer being to say the truth rather tired of the patronage under which they had left their native land not to mention that the worthy louisa began to suspect from the various conversations which she had held with her friend annie that even in a pecuniary point of view they might manage a good deal better without them fortunately this gentle-hearted lady though rather more than sufficiently yielding in some particulars never suffered anybody to interfere with her money matters she had very snugly made all her own little arrangements of this kind before setting out without any other assistance than that of the banker whom she found was the proper person to employ upon the occasion and she knew to a fraction how much to a day when and to a street and a number where she might reckon upon her resources the parting however though not regretted was exceedingly affectionate and many were the assurances exchanged that they should meet again somewhere or other very soon it would be difficult to say why it was that neither of the miss perkinses believed one single word about mrs allen barnaby's sudden indisposition but such was the fact though they hinted not this scepticism to any human being save each other perhaps miss louisa might retain in her memory a sufficient number of bygone make-believes to generate doubts upon the present occasion and perhaps the sympathizing miss matilda might discover something lifelike and even healthy in the anxiety expressed by her dear friend whenever mrs beauchamp left her side concerning the safety of such of her suits as had been unpacked since their arrival at the bank whatever the cause the fact was as i have said neither of the sisters gave faith to her statement concerning her dreadful sufferings and i mention this injustice to the spinsters who notwithstanding their various little peculiarities were not so hard-hearted as to have seen any lady of their acquaintance poisoned and packed up in so very alarming a state without feeling much greater concern for her condition than they now did for that of mrs allen barnaby they were both of them too wise however as i have before stated to hint their suspicions to the amiable lady who cherished them both so kindly and so very conveniently for no reason in the world but because they were mrs allen barnaby's attaches chapters twenty seven and twenty eight